Wizard's duel will begin in five minutes in Exhibit Hall A. All those wishing to see the Wizard's duel, it will be beginning in five minutes in Exhibit Hall A. Thank you. Good evening from the Gaslight Quarter of downtown Transylvania and welcome to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, January's Dark Magic. That's right, Tom and I are recording this episode from the elegant Private Magician Society building in the famous Gaslight Quarter of downtown Transylvania. If you want to learn more about this place, check out our book Transylvania Traveler, which you can find at jackolanternpress.com. The reason for our visit here is Marcello the Magician's annual Month of Magic conference. So mark your calendars every January beginning New Year's Eve from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. that night and every night of the month thereafter. Wizards and witches, tricksters and fortune tellers, medicine men and magicians and sorcerers of all sorts come here to prepare the magic you'll find on Halloween night. Those thrills and chills, evil spells, monstrous beings and tricks and treats take time to create. And the guests here share spells, pick up tricks, summon spirits, and harvest creatures that they'll grow between now and the Halloween season, which begins in August, which is only, it's like less than seven months away. So Tom and I have been here at the conference all month, and we've got a bunch of stuff to share with you tonight. Everything from books and games to toys and novelties, history, fun facts, traditions, and more. So... What do you think, Tom? What do you what did you want to share first? Or what do you think of the conference so far? Yeah, so first the conference is absolutely fantastic. I mean, they have a variety of all kinds of stuff, as you mentioned. And uh I mean every I think every single place I went to I don't know, definitely had had a lot of stuff to, to throw out there that we're never gonna be able to fit in this episode. Um so yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on the conference? Yeah, it's just, it's cool because you know Halloween is a night of magic. You know, nights a, a a night of monsters and evil tricks and spells and and all of that is being showcased here at this conference. Um, you know, magicians looking for for tricks and spells, witches uh, selling potions and spell books. Um, they have uh, and at the main uh, stage there, they do they they try out these tricks, and uh, you could see monsters being grown, time machines being tested. It, it's a very cool conference, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's basically to kick off Halloween season. Yeah, did did you see the competition between the witches casting the portals? I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, that was uh, cool. And I also like they they had. Uh, a wizard's duel in one of the exhibit halls um, there. A wizard and a witch were squaring off, uh, turning into things, kind of like in Sword in the Stone, how they were Merlin and uh, what was her name? Uh, I forget the... No, I can't remember Madame what her name Mim. was. Madam Mim. Mim, that's right. That's yeah, right. They, were, they were doing something like that. So it was pretty cool. It's a, it's a great conference. It is a private event um, in the monster uh, universe. 
but uh, if you can get in somehow, it's great. You know, definitely check out our book, Transylvania Traveler, to learn more about Transylvania, the gaslight, uh, gaslight quarter. So, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. What kind of things did did you find? What, what did you want to share first? So yeah. Uh, so just to start, uh, they had a lot of of uh, virtual reality booths there this year uh, obviously because VR is growing uh, pretty drastically over the last few years and so tons of experiences that can uh, boost your magician skills for sure uh, one title uh, that that really really I, I like a lot is called The Unspoken uh, it's an exclusive virtual reality game that you could play on the Oculus Rift. Uh, you could also play it through other means, other headsets and whatnot. But The Unspoken is a it's a great game. Um, it's for twenty dollars on on the the Oculus um, website under experiences. And I just want to read I want to read the the description here uh, just because it's, it's just so neat uh, what they wrote um, it says you're a rising star in Chicago's dueling underground when two of your fellow acolytes go missing it's up to you to investigate you find a city unhinged it's neon black alleys crawling with demons and you uncover a grim history that won't stay buried. Play the single player accolades chapter or challenge other spellcasters in the arena to rise up through the ranks of an urban magic fight club. Uh, and basically it goes into into more detail manipulate the environment around you with with the powerful arcane forces that flow through your fingertips summon monstrosities with your bare hands unlock your full potential with gesture based spell casting so you basically this whole game oh, is your your cool. character yeah in in the underworld and you're casting these spells dueling against uh you know other people other people that are actual real people around the world or wherever did and did uh, you get to try this thing out or did oh you yeah read about it nope i i i tried it out i actually ended oh, up nice. buying it and uh it is fantastic um insomniac uh the gaming company is the one who who made it and uh it, it's a fantastic game so definitely something to check out if you have a vr headset uh, another one uh, that I definitely think is is worth talking about as well is a game called Wands, and this is on every headset. Like wand, you, like like magic yeah, wand. W a n d s. Yeah. Okay. And this thing is really fantastic as well I mean it's it's kind of the same thing as the unspoken um, you you it's wand dueling so you 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 equipped the type of wand that you want you set up your spells and then you cast your spells against another foe 
uh, in so a battle. So when you say when you say set up your wand, like what kinds of things can you load your wand with? So just different spells. So as you progress in the game, you're getting different abilities. So whether it be like a fire spell, a lightning spell, you know, a frost spell, uh. or something along those lines, and then you're casting those spells, you know, against your foe and moving all around these like crazy worlds. Uh, there's like moving things and, and you teleport all over the place to try to battle your foe. It's 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 really interesting, very fast-paced sort of game. But fantastic as well. Um, another another uh, VR title that that I saw was um, the uh, the Mage's Tale. It's another Oculus exclusive game. Um, but you could play it on pretty much any headset as well. Uh, this is a $30 game, and this is more of a kind of RPG, and that's role-playing game. Um, but it's a it's a story-driven game where you venture through, you know, dark dungeons. Um, it's kind of your classic dungeon crawler, but the the environments are insane so you're going into like these places where you solve puzzles and you have to like manipulate levers and uh, change stuff for things to you know rotate to open up like a dungeon door or like a staircase that you know all of a sudden comes out and you're you're adventuring your way through and bear in mind you have this VR headset on that you feel like you're actually in these environments and uh, really really well done well executed game where is that idiot apprentice hello where are you my little dewdrop aha sleeping as usual wake up fool wake up are you mad? Sleeping at a time like this? The master has been kidnapped by a villainous sorcerer, and the only ones who can save him are myself and... Oh, the gods help me. You. Hurry, child! There's an army of enemies between us and poor mage Alguin. So gather your mystic ingredients, and craft your spells of fire, ice, wind, and lightning and craft them well. Trust me, you're going to need them. The sorcerer's minions are many, from disgusting little goblins to the clattering, chattering undead, to huge and hideous giants, to wicked wizards nearly as powerful as Mage Alguin's kidnapper himself. Not to mention the fiendish traps and puzzles and secret doors he's put in our way to mangle, muddle, and confound us. Are you ready for all that, my little fleas breakfast? Are you? <sighs> I certainly hope so. Otherwise, we're doomed. Well, come on then. Better get to it. In Exile Entertainment is the publisher uh, and it came out in uh, June 20th of 2017, but it still really holds up to a lot of the the games that are that are out there even now. So uh, definitely something to check out as well. The next one that I wanted to bring up is Waltz of the Wizard, and this is just kind of a fun little experience. 
that I think um, anybody would enjoy if they have a, a VR headset. You're, you're basically in this wizard room, and uh, there's all kinds of, of things, like little things that you explore and experience, and then there's this little, like, cauldron in front of you, and you take these, these potions and and a skull and all this stuff and you have different ways of throwing it in the the potion uh, bowl and it mixes up and creates these different abilities it's fun there's one called uh, orchestration and you can pick everything up in the room and throw it up in the air and then slam it back down and, and it feels like you have these crazy abilities um, there's also one that makes you into a giant and you're, you're sitting there, you know, with like, like as if you're a huge giant and everything else is really small. So it, it's just, there's a lot of fun with that. That's nine ninety nine. Um, it's, it's totally an adventure exploration sort of title. Uh, really fun as well. Um, I can't remember who the actual, uh, person that created the game. I think it's Alden is the publisher, yeah, A-L-D-I-N, uh, and it was uh, released on the Oculus Store for, uh, they say July 10th, 2019, but that must be when it actually came into the store, because this has been around for a while, um, so they must have done some other stuff with it, but great ratings, like I said, once again, it's $9.99 on, on their store. Um, another one to bring up uh, is Orbis VR. this is another thing that you could play on on almost all of the headsets I'm not gonna go crazy into this but this is a, a massive multiplayer online role-playing game or they call it MMORPG it's a huge open world you got a VR headset on and once again you play uh, a particular class you roam around and you, you kill fantasy creatures and uh, you know wield magic learn magic uh, and and kind of run around and and sort of have a good time in this environment. They uh, it's it's thirty nine ninety nine on the store, uh, any store whether that be Steam or or the Oculus Store, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's they're they're the creators of it, so it's Orbis Online is the publisher as they call themselves. And it's a lot of fun. I've played this quite heavily um, as well. And then one of the last ones that I want to get into is is a is a really fun game. It's called The Wizards uh, Enhanced Edition. It's twenty four ninety nine on the Oculus Store, but you could play it on any headset as well. Uh, this is an action adventure arcade sort of game. It's made by a studio called Carbon Studio. It's twenty four ninety nine. Uh, it was released on March 8th of 2008. Uh, once again, it's kind of like a story-driven game where you roam through. But, I mean, some of this stuff is massive. Like, you could fight these huge beasts and really feel like you're you're a wizard. Um, probably one of the closest things of actually feeling like a wizard. Uh, kind of like the Unspoken and Wands. But, once again, a huge... VR experience that I definitely recommend. So, you want to be a wizard? Hmm. 
Want to cast some fireball? Want to fight some orcs? Goblins? Creatures twice the size of your house? Let's get rid of these goblins and move on. Want to solve some ancient mysteries? There's lots to do. How about your own secret sanctum? You are in perfect time and place. There's a power at your fingertips. No! Oh, why did you do that? of fun awaits you, wizard. And if you're just trying to become a wizard, you know, these VR experiences are the closest thing that you could get right in and wield spells and, and kind of feel what it's like to to kind of go to the next level, which, you know... You would then go buy yourself a wand uh, and then, you know, try learning, you know, these these magic uh, sort of spells on your own. So VR is a definite, you know, kind of uh, entry point of stepping into really becoming a, a true wizard. Cool. Didn't you say there was, a, there was a card game or something you found as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, magic the Gathering uh, has been out for years. Um you know, that's always pretty much at any magic conference. Uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast is the publisher. The designer of the of the game is Richard Garfield. Uh, and I, it came out in, uh, in 1993 when I can't believe this game has been running for that long. Um, but yeah, Magic the Gathering is, is kind of a card game that you, you wield your deck. Um, you build a deck out of the, I think they said, um, that the amount of cards are in the millions range. Uh, I, I, it's just amazing to me that, that they have been around for as long as they've been around. But yeah, you create a deck of cards and then you go against another player and try to beat them with your deck. So out of all of the millions of cards that they, they have, you... Um, you have to put something together that you think is going to beat somebody else. And they have huge tournaments with this. Their range that they say is anywhere between 13 and, and up. Um, and you, you just play this, play this game and, and, and have a good time. So I and it's played not it a just, few it's, this isn't like one deck of cards. Like you buy multiple decks out there that have like different, I don't know, what are they, like, stories or something on the cards? No, so so basically, uh, it's kind of like going and collecting baseball cards. You go down to the store, you buy yourself a pack of cards, 
you open it up and you you see what you get. I mean, that's kind of the way it was back in in 1993 is you went out, you bought the cards, you saw what you got, and the cards consist of like creatures or environments or spells. Oh, wow. And then you you put those things together and play other people. And then they started becoming um they started getting a little bit bigger uh to where you could buy like full decks or you could buy uh packs that come in with like tons of of a a certain um theme base sort of card deck and then you piece those all together and then you battle it out it says here that, on wikipedia you know, go ahead it, that kind of that kind of reminds me of of when we collect i collected football cards you collected baseball cards and it was always fun to like go down to the store you get a pack and you're like oh i already have this one or oh i didn't have this one you there was a magic in seeing what you got and then i remember when our stepdad, you know, when we were into it and we were collecting him, he he just like jumps into things and gets crazy. So then he would go out and just buy the whole collection. You yeah. know, like he would get all the scorecards for 1991 and it was it kind of lost the magic, I felt, because there was you knew every player was going to be in there. There was no mystery anymore. There was no magic of, "Oh, who am I going to get?" Uh, and I kind of wonder if, you know, you could probably get a little too crazy. <laughs> you lose a little oh, bit of yeah. the fun, I think. Well, you it, buy it, the whole and, pack. And I don't even think you could do that. I mean, in reading here on Wikipedia, it says, Magic was the first trading card game and has approximately 20 million players as of 2015 and over 20 billion Magic cards produced. In the period wow. from 2008 to 2016, uh, during the the area where this this game was huge in popularity, I mean, 20 billion Magic cards. Can you imagine creating? That's crazy. A deck of cards, which I think you can only have. Um, is it 40 cards or 60 cards? I think it's 60 cards per deck. I think the minimum size is 40 cards. And you could get up to 60 cards depending on how you're playing or if it's a tournament or something. And out of the 20 billion magic cards that they have out, can you imagine the amount of combinations that you can make in order to have? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and how you crazy. choose it. That'd be an yeah. interesting documentary to see like how players, you know, strategize and, you know, how they choose their cards based on who they're going up against. I would be interested in seeing that for sure. I mean, I'm sure it's uh, geeky, but you know, I bet it's it would be fun. I would be interested in watching a documentary on that for sure. I can almost guarantee you that if you go to YouTube, you'd probably you would probably yeah, know, find right? a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is this game didn't just stop at the card games. It it turned into digital games, so you could actually play all sorts of of uh, uh, of online games or even buy the games you know through steam or other means um they have the magic the gathering huh. online um they have one called uh magic the gathering arena and you go and you you battle against people and you have digital cards as opposed to physical cards so it's gotten huge um so it that's uh, they had a lot of that at the conference people were playing 
uh, against each other. And once again, another great stepping stone to learn abilities, learn different monsters that you would be going up against to actually become a true wizard, uh, you know, in the magic world there. So nice. Very cool. Well, I wanted to uh, talk about some books that I found while at the conference. You know, when we were talking about doing this podcast, we were saying, you know, are people really going to relate magic to Halloween? And at the conference, I found this book that we had as kids. Uh, It was called, or it's called, Trick or Treat by Louis Slobotkin. It's from 1959. I didn't realize it was that old until I looked it up. Um, But it's about these kids who go trick-or-treating, and they're used to getting treats as they go house to house. But inside one of the homes, uh, a a magician answers when they knock on the door. And instead of the kids playing tricks on him, he brings them inside and performs some tricks for them. And there's some treats too, but it, it, it just, it reminds me of, you know, there's so much magic on Halloween and there and magic plays a big part of Halloween. Even down here in Southern California, there's a place called the Magic Castle. It's world famous. Um, it's this exclusive private club that promotes the art of magic. They they have an academy where they they train magicians and then there's many different there's a main stage where they perform mad you know, the big the big acts perform magic, but then downstairs in like the basement it's kind of like there's it feels like caves and stuff there's these little performing areas where lower level magicians can practice their their tricks but you can't just show up there you have to know someone who invites you so isn't uh, there like little hidden rooms and stuff in there yeah yeah it's really it's it's a really old house a huge is it's like a mansion um in hollywood and so if you know a magician there, they can invite you and that's how you go. And they have a dining room. So we went there for for dad's birthday one year and it was Halloween time because dad's birthday's on the 30th. I can't remember if we, yeah, I think we went on the 30th and um, we had dinner there and then we went and saw some shows and uh, a guy that we knew there, you know, took us uh, on a tour of the place and it's really cool. And Halloween, they actually do uh, some pretty big events. If you look up Magic Castle, you'll you'll see what they do. Um, but very, it's very cool. In any event, um, speaking of of the books, uh, I wanted to bring up a series of books um, by Bruce Coville, which he calls the Magic Shop books. And these books are really cool. So I'm just going to read a little description here. It says, Step inside Mr. Eleve's magic shop, where the shelves are stocked with strange and mysterious goods. The children in these five books each leave the shop with magical items intended especially for them. As a kid, I remember reading The Monster's Ring, and I tried finding this book for years. I couldn't. Re- I, I didn't really love reading as a kid, but I had to do a book report. And I remember going through the Thousand Oaks Library and trying to find some book that I wanted to read. And there was one with this monster on the cover. So, of course, that was going to be the one that I needed to get. And I remember it was a cool book. So this kid goes into a magic shop and, and um, he 
he I can't remember it's been a while since I've read it now but he talks to the Mr. Eleves who runs this magic shop and the magic shop's kind of this mystery place uh, that that not everyone sees but just these specific kids in these stories find and so he is given this ring and because he's bullied his whole his whole life uh, this ring gives him secret powers and I'm not gonna spoil the the story but it's it's definitely a cool story and it's very cool for Halloween Halloween time anyway or at least to get ready you know right now as we wait for Halloween these books are cool so one of them's called the monster's ring another one is called Jeremy Thatcher dragon hatcher there's one another one that I read with Robert when he was little called Jennifer Murdley's toad and this was a I'm gonna read the description on this one a girl in a plain brown wrapper buys a talking toad who knows a thing or two about the true nature of beauty uh, there's there's another book called the the skull of truth, Charlie Egg oh yeah the skull of truth and then um, one called Juliet Dove Queen of Love, uh, and they're just really cool. So there's a whole set that you could find on Amazon. They're funny. There there's cool monstrous kinds of things in there. The magic is cool. I always like the magic shop in in the stories, and yeah, so uh, definitely the, worth getting. I definitely could say too that. So I just recently read this book because last Christmas, uh, not this just recent one, but the one before last, uh, you know, Mike was telling me about these books, and I read the Monster Ring. Well, you you actually bought me the that little small collection set, and so I jumped in and I started reading the Monster Ring. It, it's a it's a great book. I mean, it, it's it's definitely these a are, kids book. They're kids but, books, yeah. They're but they're they're fun. So if you're into just, just I mean, it's not hard reading or anything like that. You could probably finish it in a couple of nights, um, you know, unless you want to read it all in one swoop. It's not very long, um, but it they're is very of, magical. They're like and goosebumps. Fun. They're goosebumps reading level. So if you're young, it's a cool book for you. And if you're an adult with kids, it's you know, I read I read them to to my son, and he enjoyed them. But quite frankly, I. I enjoyed him, you know, even if yeah. I didn't have a kid, I'd probably get <laughs> so, yeah, Exactly. They're, they're just Sometimes fun little those, books. Those types of books are fun, so. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, they, they remind you of childhood, and, and I have fond memories of my childhood, so, you know, it just going back to that age is fun for me, so that that's why I think it's, you know, as an adult, uh, sometimes I enjoy reading these kinds of books, you know, so, you know, now that Robert's 16 years old, you know, I can't really buy these things for him anymore but sometimes i find myself still reading them so yeah what what uh, did you stop by and check out any books while you while you've been at the conference yeah so there was one book i wanted to bring up that i know you'll be really excited that i that i'm even bringing it up uh do you remember the enchanted world series with uh in the 1980s it was published by time life books and one of the books in the oh. series is called Wizards and Witches. And is that that that's the series that Dad ordered on like yeah, yeah on Reader's Digest, and we'd get like one a month or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and do you remember I that cover? About that. Yeah, there's a wizard on the front, and that's our this book right here from the '80s when we got this. This book right here was our inspiration 
for Marcello the Magician that we came up with. <laughs> That's right. Which is in our book, Transylvania Traveler. Uh, this, it's, I don't even think I even read anything out of the book. I always just like looking at the cover. and uh, the, the illustrations, yeah, they're awesome. Oh, yeah. So it's definitely... Uh, check out check out that book. Uh, the whole series is Can you is, find it anywhere though? Can you find I think you can get it on Amazon. I, oh, I think that'd I be saw cool if you could. people people put it up there or you could probably get them on eBay. There's a uh, they they focused mainly on mythology and folklore um is what these things, you know, really focused on. Um but there's there's definitely a couple things in there that I, you know, I don't even think I even liked. They had like night creatures, which I thought was neat. They have dragons, that, ghosts. That was always my favorite book, Night Creatures. Yeah, Night Creatures was neat. Uh, but it's a lot of fantasy stuff too, you know. So, I mean, I can go down the list, you know, wizards and witches, dragons, fairies and elves, ghosts, uh, legends of Valor, yeah, night creatures, oh, water yeah. spirits, magical beasts, dwarfs, spells and bindings. Uh, giants and, and ogres, seekers and saviors, fabled lands, <laughs> and then they, they kind of go into some other stuff. They have one called Tales of Terror, which we didn't get. Um, oh, the book, yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember Beginnings, that one. The Secret Arts, Gods and Goddesses. Um, and they have one called uh, Book of Christmas, uh, which I think is kind of oh. neat, and The Fall of Camelot. So just a few few things there just on the Enchanted World series. Definitely check those out. Um, another very notable book, and we've brought this guy up a ton of times uh, in, you know, It's Halloween and all that, and of course it's Jack Perlutsky. He created a, uh, a book uh, in, uh, on July 1st of 2007 called The Wizard. And it's a 32-page book published by Green Willow Books. And this, the illustrations on this book, uh, they were created by Brandon Dorman. It just is astounding. Uh, and then the Jack Perlutsky sort of tale is just about a wizard who's casting spells uh, for fun up in his, like, lair. Uh, and, and, and it's just it's just neat. You know, he's got, like, the and books po- that he's are reading. They- are they poems or is it one story or one poem? No, it's it's you know it's kind of like one poem story. So it's not like there's like a really a lot of rhyming or anything like that. Uh, but it's it's one story and it's just a real simple story, nothing crazy uh, or intricate. Very short, very fast-paced. Not a lot of writing on each page, but recommended for anybody to read this especially if they want to see some some great illustrations so um awesome book i got it on amazon i right now i think they show a brand new book at being like 39 dollars, but there's used copies bucks. of them for like yeah for like four bucks or something so i would just go with the used copy <laughs> is yours hard is it hardback yeah yeah it's a hardback book damn that's a lot i that's can't believe of- you don't can't believe you don't even have this book yet. Just I know, and I have there a ton of, I have a ton of Jack Perletsky stuff, and that's just one. When you showed me that, uh, I was like, man, how did I miss this one? Because it looks so cool too. I mean, the artwork it, is definitely it is cool. Uh, and then there was uh, one other book 
uh, and and you and I have talked about this before, and it is by Susanna Clark, and it's called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norell, and yep. you want to talk about a conference type book. This is built solely on um, the fact that there is a group of magicians that sit around and talk about magic but then there's this guy named Mr. Norell who wants to keep magic uh, kind of controlled and so unless you're an actual magician you need to understand how magic is is made and he wants the more of the the education of understanding how magic is and so he spent his whole life learning how to be a magician and then Jonathan Strange comes around and this guy just knows how to do magic so he's not really a learned individual even though he he kind of takes on the the sort of student role to Mr. Norell um, and is learning from him but the funny part about it is that in the book and also in the the TV series that you can find on, I believe Netflix was it Netflix? I think it was Netflix. Um, yeah, I think you, so. I think you so. can, yeah, you can um, uh, kind of watch Jonathan Strange just do this crazy magic, and Mister Norell is sitting there wondering, like, you need to not be so chaotic. You need to, you know, wield your spells, you know accordingly and not just go do willy-nilly type stuff but Jonathan Strange is I think is a better magician than Mr. Norell and he knows it but more people respect Mr. Norell and then it goes into like a big kind of there's a love story in it but what I liked a lot about this this book and also the TV series was the environments especially in yeah, the TV the series. series yeah it's very cool very atmospheric uh, it, 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 the magician vibe is, is really cool in it. Yeah. It, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, kind of a Victorian sort of back in the day, old like, London, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Old London. I mean, it's, it's, it's a British writer. Susanna Clark's a British writer. She published a book in 2004. Um, it's sort of a, a 19th century, you know, sort of deal. I, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, I really, really liked the darkness of it. It was like a gothic-y sort of darkness, but not really. Uh, but the people who did the the environments in the in the TV series did a great job. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is they at one point were gonna make a a a movie, and it was it was a probably one of the the highest rated or not rated but i guess most expensive recreation of a book into a movie and then it ended up i guess tanking and um they never they never made it um i think the last they checked new line cinema was the one that was gonna create the the movie and then something about the collapsing of new line cinema i didn't even know they were having a problem but um I guess they just never they never created the the movie. So maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I think that's what kind of pushed the TV series more because uh, they made the TV series on BBC. 
in May of 2015 is when that came out. So it's um, cool. It's like a, it's like an insider's look at like a magician's club kind of like it has that feel, uh, you know, being inside a magician's club or magician society. That was that was a big thing that I that I liked about it. We wish to know why is there no more magic done in England? I myself am quite a tolerable, practical magician. Mr. Norrell! I met a man under a hedge who told me I was a magician. Buy these two spells for me, sir. They'll get you started. I am strange. Indeed. I hope with all my heart to live as your friend and assistant. What do you mean by summoning me here? What was the magic? Opened a door to hell and invited the devil into England. Swerve to destroy him before he destroys us. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell on BBC One. Definitely check the series out, check the book out. All right, nice. Well, one of the coolest things that I saw at the conference, and this is something that I've kind of been obsessed about. Uh, since I saw it back in 1988 in the movie Big, and that is the Zoltar fortune-telling machine. And oh, yeah. so uh, I just learned that, and this is where our wives are going to get pissed, because this site is going to make you want to dump some serious cash. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even so imagine right now. <laughs> it's Zoltar.org. And I'm going to play a little clip about uh, about the Zoltar machine. Remember Zoltar, the fortune teller from the movie Big? The mysterious machine turned a young boy's wish into reality. In real life, there are hundreds of Zoltars all over the country. And you can trace them all back to this guy. My name is Olaf Stanton, and I make Zoltar. Olaf runs Characters Unlimited, a company that makes animated talking characters. And one of those machines is the Fortune Teller. The Fortune Teller is probably one of the oldest games there is. It's been around since the turn of the century. Perhaps the most famous one is Zoltar. But just to be clear, they didn't make the one from the movie Big. The Zoltar in the movie Big was basically a movie prop. It was never made to be a manufactured game. Our Zoltar has the talking. Come let Zoltar tell you more and eye movement and head turning and spits out a card at the end of the conversation and gives you some good words of advice. Every Zoltar machine is custom made. The first thing we do is get the cabinet started, then we'll cast the head out of our latex material. We put the eyeballs in, we paint the head, then it goes to our wig department. Zoltar's goatee is put on, the teeth are put in, which are actually my teeth. Wait, they're your teeth? Yes, they're actually my teeth. I actually made a mold on my teeth, so every Zoltar you see out there has my teeth in them. And then we put all the components in that make the card come out and make it talk and give the different messages, and then Zoltar's ready to go. Although Zoltar's the star of our fortune teller line, he's not the only fortune teller that we make. We have Pappy, we have the old pirate. And those fortunes, that's Olaf too. We try to make all of our fortunes on the lighter side, good words of wisdom and, and advice. I think one of my favorite is, so 
Sometimes it's better to say too little than to say too much and regret it later. There's a lot of good words of wisdom that come out of Zoltar. I think people just like to see something that they can relate to and say, oh yeah, how did you know that? That's so cool. It really does bring out the child in all of us to see your fortune on a card. Well, unless of course you're talking about Tom Hanks in the movie Big, because he gets, well, you know, big. So yeah, that's um, a little history of these these Zoltar machines. As you heard, you know, the, the one in the movie Big was not their creation, but these machines, you'll see them all over. You know, I, I was in San Diego um, a year, year or two ago, and down in like, it's kind of like this ports call little village, you know, touristy type place. There was a dang Zoltar machine there. So of course I had to get uh, my fortune and they have little cool notes on the back. I'm not going to read my entire ticket, but I got it right here. Holy mackerel. They have other machine. <laughs> I, I still, oh. oh yeah, I got that thing. <laughs> oh no, but I'm, um, I'm looking at this site. Dude, even even the it's standard awesome. the standard Zoltar machine is seventy nine hundred dollars. <laughs> but I well, need that's one. That's the big machine. But <laughs> but if you go to the shop section, you can buy a mini Zoltar kit for twelve ninety five, and it's just this tiny little. Oh really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Check it out. But you could get the cards, and it has. It's like a. It, they they describe it as a four inch Zoltar. This kit includes everyone's favorite fortune teller Zoltar, printed on a clear plastic and housed within a booth. So it's not like an actual little like toy inside there. It's more of a picture. But if you look at it, oh yeah, I'm I'm getting it. I'm definitely getting it. But <laughs> but the other you could get you yeah, could get the tickets. You could get keychains. They have shirts. Um, there were socks. What are the other things on here? All kinds of, all Dude, that kinds thing of is, cool stuff. That thing is here. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could get mugs um, for twelve ninety five, an ornament bo- for your crazy Christmas boxers. Tree. Jeez. With Zoltar, yeah. Hats with Zoltar. <laughs> There's a Christmas tree ornament with Zoltar. Actually, that looks pretty awesome. Nineteen ninety five. Kurt Adler glass Zoltar ornament and it looks like the toy you know it's a toy it's not just a printed image of the the Zoltar on there pins yeah you but can load up there, there are other there's other machines that they make including there's a, a Confucius there's an ask Oracle which that guy's pretty cool he's like a wizard there's an old pirate there's even a Wyatt Earp um, and these are the machines uh, but yeah like there's something about that dang Zoltar and the magic that it it uh, it gives, is it's just really cool, it, you know. And it was one of the there's a story in our book that was inspired by these machines. And and when we were writing that story, I remember doing a ton of research on fortune teller machines. And you know, I definitely got lost in a rabbit hole because there's all you know the history of the machines and all the different types and what some do and you know some some are pretty basic some do more detailed things but they're just there's something really cool about these things um and so it's it, yeah you know it's worth checking out for sure and uh, we got to get zoltar out there in the world yeah so that so. that actually goes back to kind of the zoltar machine when when i went to vegas a while back um they had these 
these shops, these magic shops. They're called Houdini's Magic Shop. Oh, which yeah. We're going to be talking yeah. about Houdini here in a second. But these Houdini Magic Shops are spread throughout all of the hotels. And, I mean, they got books. And they always have a, either a Zoltar machine out front or some other type of machine. Most of them have the Zoltar machine. But these things, they sell everything. Go to Houdini.com. And you can, when you type that in, it just goes to to that magic store, and you can you could purchase all kinds of stuff. There's, you know, card magic, close up magic, mental magic, stage magic, illusions. They got books. They got props. They got uh, all kinds of stuff. I guess uh, this is also at Disneyland. Um, they have a is shop. Is that a Houdini? There. The that Houdini magic, magic shop. shop. They even have oh. it in San Francisco at Pier 39. Um, I don't even remember at Pier 39. But the the Disneyland Magic Shop, I guess that's where Steve Martin used to, to work in that shop and do magic. Oh, I didn't he know was that. Famous. That's yeah. neat. So that Magic Shop is pretty famous, the one on Main Street. I didn't realize it was a Houdini Magic Shop. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's... If that's the one that's at Disneyland, but it it does it does mention that um, it, well, it says Anaheim. Yeah, it says Anaheim on it. That's interesting, hmm. though. I wonder. Yeah, it says Anaheim Disneyland. So maybe that is a Houdini magic yeah. shop. I wonder if it's been a Houdini magic shop the whole time, or if it just converted or just to recently. It somehow. Yeah. I don't, Every yeah, time I, I go in there, though, in those places, it's like I always want to get something, but then it's like, do I really want to spend that much money? Because I'm, I'm not going to take up magic, but for those who want to take up magic, I'm sure you could probably drop a lot of cash in there. Well, they 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 even have on the Houdini.com, they have a an app that they are advertising called Abracadabra. It's $1.99. And it says, want to impress your friends and family through the wonder of magic? Looking for astonishing illusions you can easily perform anytime that'll wow everyone? Well, then Abracadabra is the app for you. And I guess you could you can learn how to do certain tricks and stuff uh, through through this app. It's funny. It's got a five-star huh. rating uh, on its $1.99 created by GroupQ uh, called Abracadabra, if anybody wants to check that out kind of neat there's also um it looks like they have they have a bunch of of like uh schools of magic kind of like what you were saying earlier um oh with the magic castle yeah at the magic castle they had like these magician rules you know i'm not going to go through every single one of them but you know never perform until you have you have carefully prepared your moves and patter do not claim that you have supernatural powers. You know, never reveal a secret of tricks to a non-magician. That's you know, funny. Never... So when, when magicians say that it's all smoke and mirrors, that's really a lie because it they, they're just not allowed to say that it's real magic. Right. It sucks because for this show, we wanted to have a friend of ours, uh, Michael Hanna, who we interviewed on our website, jacklanternpress.com. He was going to come on and we were going to talk to him. I think we're going to try and get him on, though, for a separate episode. But he's a magician. He's told me a lot of cool stuff. Of course, he won't share any secrets. But I used to work with him 
and when we were in the break room sometimes he would just do ma- i would say just do a magic trick and he never had any he's like oh i don't have anything i'm like well, just do one and then he would just like pull like a a colored napkin out of his hand and it, and it wasn't like anything that we had anywhere around so he really did carry stuff with him at all <laughs> times that's neat. At all times. I'm like, why, why do you have that? He's like, well, just in case people know I'm a magician, I got to have stuff. So he really, <laughs> he really did have stuff. That, would, like be, that would be really neat stuff. to just, just the fact that he's prepped and prepared for people to Always. ask him. Like, that, yeah, that's and a true magician he, right there. Yeah, so he he did magic and he he makes cool halloween things but he worked it you know i worked with him in this place he worked there part-time just as a side thing as something steady um, but yeah he he always had stuff with him um, and i just thought that was that was cool so I'll, I'll be looking forward to when we do that podcast to interview him because he has a lot of cool stuff to say he, he worked in the film industry his dad was a stunt man he has a lot of cool information and stories to tell so it'll be a fun episode when we do eventually get him on yeah that would probably be one good for uh the next season season two of uh of the jack-o'-lantern press podcast when we start you know a lot of those up uh coming in august well i know uh while we were at the conference, I'm pretty sure you saw, and well, you already kind of hinted that we were going to talk about it, but Houdini had quite the presence uh, here at the, the conference. Uh, I didn't even realize that in 2014, there was a two-part miniseries that the History Channel made with Adrian Brody about Houdini, called Houdini. I, and I had it no looks, idea either. Had no idea it existed, and it looks really, really cool again like very atmospheric it, it, it kind of felt like the movie the prestige which you know it just really uh, there's something about that magician's atmosphere that time and place that's you know if you're a halloween fan this kind of stuff has to get you excited when ordinary life shackles us we need to get away get away from boredom from fear but not me fear is how i know i'm alive as far back as i can remember i've always wanted to escape prepare to be mesmerized by the houdini brothers we'll see you get out of these you mean like this you're gonna have to do better than that if you want to be the greatest magician in the world. Yeah. I had to step off the stage into the real world. It's hundred dollars. Says you can't hold the incomparable Houdini. Harry, that's all we have. Come on, Sheriff. What do you got to lose? Escapes can't get smaller. They have to get bigger. You ever think maybe it's time to pack it in? Not unless a million people are watching. Be prepared to be captivated, exhilarated, mystified. Harry? How do you get out? Magic. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Houdini. Everybody wants to escape something. A new and terrible obstacle. What obstacle is that? The obstacle is death. See if you can escape. I don't want to. 
escape. Pull the trigger! I'm the great Houdini! So yeah, so there's that's the trailer, but I rec I highly recommend you know going on YouTube and and watching the trailer so you could see it. But uh, it looks really cool. Well, I mean, look, just to step back a little bit. First off, Houdini is not even uh, this guy's name. His actual name is Eric uh, Weiss or Weiss. Uh, he was born March twenty fourth, eighteen seventy four, uh, in Austria hung Hungary. Um, I guess it's Hungary now, but it was at that point Austria. Um, but his, yeah, his name was Eric, and he, I don't know how he got his name as Harry, um, but maybe I he read that it. he just wanted, it's just, a, yeah, just a stage name. He changed it. Maybe it just sounded cool to him. I can't remember. I remember reading that a while ago, but I, I can't remember for sure the details. But he's he's done quite a bit of stuff. I mean, his occupation was an illusionist, a stunt performer, an actor, a historian, a film producer, a pilot, and a debunker. Um, and the years oh, I didn't that he was, he was a pilot, <laughs> either did I. I. I was just looking it up on on Wikipedia, and um, the years that he was active was between 1891 and 1926. Is when I think everybody kind of really got involved but yeah I, I had no idea he was in uh, did pilot stuff but it doesn't surprise me either um you know he probably was trying to jump out of something <laughs> who knows um i did want to talk about a couple of his i guess more daring stunts things that he uh that he did it kind of reminds me of buster keaton he's a silent movie uh silent movie star like charlie chaplin he was around that time anyone who hasn't seen his movies should see it because you think like okay you know nowadays you, there's all this cg and tricks and things that you can do um to make things look huge and spectacular but at that time in these silent films buster keaton did all of his stunts and there's something about seeing it that makes it so much more amazing than the crazy stuff that you can artificially create because you know the stuff is real. And there were some stunts that he did in one movie called um, Steamboat Bill Jr. The facade of a house, or the, the face of a house, fell on him and there was a window on the second floor that was open. So he was basically standing in front of it and the front of the house fell on him and the hole in the window is basically that's what landed around him. So this whole thing I remember fell. seeing that. Yeah, so yeah. evidently the crew would not watch this happen cuz they just they felt that he was basically committing suicide. So a lot of crew members walked away. And he did a lot of crazy stunts like that, and just acrobat his acrobatics were crazy. The physicality is just insane, and I feel that Houdini was very much like that in the crazy stunts that he did. And it's definitely worth revisiting his um, stunts and tricks and all that, you know, to learn more about this this guy. You know, these pe these people did not have. <laughs> You know the stuntmen and all this. They were doing everything and promoting their works and all that. 
Just just crazy stuff. I mean, if somebody doesn't know about Houdini, I would be shocked. But I do want people to hear about his tricks first. And then when we reveal how he died, it's amazing. And just, I'm not going to read every single one of these. But there's eight, there's eight tricks that they claim are his most notable. And this is on a, on a website called parcast.com. And... And that's P as in Paul, A-R-C-A-S-T dot com. One of the first ones that they bring up, um, well, actually, I'm just going to list off all eight. One of them is belly of a whale escape. Another one is an East Indian needle trick. A milk can escape. The overboard (laughs) box escape. Buried alive stunt. uh, The escape from murderer's row. Um, suspended oh, straight jacket escape, and then of course the Chinese water torture cell, aka the Houdini Houdini upside down trick. Now, I'm gonna go back to I the mean, very they, this kind of this kind of say it all. <laughs> it no, it says pretty it much. All. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. The, the one the one that I really am probably kind of shocked a little bit most. I mean, don't get me wrong, all of them are nuts. But the one that's amazing was the belly of a whale escape. So this, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. It says, in 1911, while Houdini was performing in Boston, ten prominent businessmen challenged him to escape from the belly of a whale. They stipulated was the whale that whale alive. No, it, it was dead. Um, okay. So. They stipulated that Houdini had to be shackled in handcuffs and leg irons supplied by local police and then sewn up inside the whale's belly. And no one refused this. Like, not one person refused this exciting challenge, and Houdini was like, sure, yeah, I'll do it. So I guess with Houdini... Just inside this carcass of a beached whale, it says he was tightly laced and completely wrapped in chains. And 15 minutes later, the great magician emerges smiling and audience had no idea that he nearly suffocated from the arsenic fumes from the chemicals that were used to embalm the whale. So he wasn't even like oh, challenging... Wow. Of getting out of these like crazy shackles and and handcuffs and all that, he was he almost died from the embalming stuff that the, the arsenic fumes. I, I can't even imagine the nuts. smell. Oh, I can't it had even to imagine horrible. the smell of the damn thing. Well, I'm curious. What's is there a description on the one where he escapes? What was it? Maniac Row or what the heck was oh, Murderer's that? Row? Yeah, Murderer's uh, Row. What what's that one? It says, in 1906, Houdini escaped from Murderer's Row, the south wing of Washington, D.C.'s old jail. The guards stripped Houdini of all his clothes and handcuffed Houdini before locking him inside a cell. While it only took him two minutes to escape, he used the last 19 minutes of his act to open eight other locked cells Switched the prisoners around <laughs> and locked them inside again. <laughs> what? I can't. I can't Man. believe that. How did he that, perform this? How did people I have watch no idea. this? 
I don't know. Huh. But, I mean, obviously well, they just if... threw him in there. He he escaped and then switched cell members around. I I don't I don't know how if they did If anyone it. has any information on this, definitely email us at jackolanternpress at gmail.com. I would totally be interested in hearing more about these things or how you could see them. I'm sure you could probably read detailed accounts of it, but how did people view it? It definitely would be interesting to find out. That's yeah, pretty crazy. I, I would definitely... So he did the Buried Alive one. Um, the Chinese water torture, I know, is a huge one. I'll just read this one, and then and then we'll be done with all this. But people, you know, definitely check this this site out because it goes into into detail about each of these these crazy stunts that he did. But the Chinese water torture cell, a.k.a. AKA Houdini Upside Down, it's a combination of his um, suspended straight jacket and a milk can escape stunts. It says this was his most famous and daring trick yet. Locked in uh, stocks by the feet, Houdini was lowered upside down into a tank filled with water. Uh, if he couldn't escape within two minutes, an assistant stood by with an axe ready to break the glass. Uh, one can only be so die hard, <laughs> is what they say. I, I just can you imagine being you're you're chained together, flipped upside down, and dumped into a jug that you're trying. Everybody's watching you, and you're having to undo all of those things. Now they do it now. A lot of people do it now. Um, I don't know how he ended up doing this, but I just think it's it, this guy was amazing. Uh, and probably in every way, shape, he was just amazing. Yeah, so he died on October 31st, that's Halloween, uh, 1926, at the age of 52. And of all the crazy things that, that he had done, he died of a ruptured appendix. <laughs> it's just nuts. It's the way it so works. Every, it's yeah. like a Patton dying. You know, he went through all this war, and then he got hit by a cart or a car or something. I forget when he was back from the war. Yeah, um, I crazy. And I think that that's what's so amazing about this guy is that he did all these crazy stunts uh, and all these crazy things, and people were so amazed by by all of his escapes and things that he did. And then all of a sudden, he dies of an appendix, you know, rupture at 52. So he was young. But yeah, man, yeah, that's crazy. Can you imagine what what he would do nowadays with what kind of technology we have? I think it would be insane. It'd yeah. be insane. So uh, what? So what I was gonna say was so yeah, on the the first anniversary of his death, so that would be Halloween 1927. Houdini's wife Bess held the first seance, which she would continue for another ten years. A seance, so. According to an article I found on mentalfloss.com from October 26, 2015, um, the article's called The Enduring Tradition of a Houdini Seance on Halloween, um, which we'll, we'll link to in the show notes. But basically, she tried to, um, to contact her husband and, and bring him back. Wow. So she did this for 10 for 10 years and obviously Houdini never appeared. She held uh, seances for a decade. Her last one was in 1936. 
Um, and I guess it was on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel in Los Angeles. But at that seance, a thunderclap reportedly opened up the sky and just rain started dumping. By the way, a fun fact here, Houdini's legal middle name was Handcuff, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, that was in this mental Handcuff? floss. Oh, yeah, it yeah, says right here. It was in right the mental here. floss article. But there's a page on the internet wow. where every Halloween devoted that. fans conduct seances in an attempt to bring Houdini back. And we'll put a, a link to this as well. Um, and the page says, we're asking everyone to attempt to contact Harry Houdini sometime during Halloween for the 24 hours of October 31st. That's um, someone from the Harry Houdini Museum website. Email us with any results and lack of results. No kooks, please. This is a serious Halloween test and tribute. So... Many people all over the world <laughs> conduct seances to try to get Houdini. And, and a lot of people say that if anyone could break free from the entrapment of death, it would be Houdini. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know, know, it probably could be. So I'm definitely at Halloween time. I'm going to kind of look into this, you know, Halloween and just see what people are saying, what people are you know what they're doing but yeah i guess the white yeah his wife tried to bring her back for for 10 years every halloween night or every halloween i don't know if it was that night only but and then people just picked it up and now they do it so it seems like a fun little act fun halloween activity so yeah so we'll 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 put links on the show so you can check that stuff out and maybe uh, conduct a seance of your own let's get harry houdini back yeah, why not? Then he can perform all his wonderful tricks. That'd be awesome. <laughs> May I have your attention, please? Karloff the Worst will be performing in five minutes at the main stage. All those wishing to see Karloff the Worst, please take your seats at the main stage now. Thank you. Well, it sounds like some evil magician is about ready to take the stage. Um, but before we go, um, we will leave you with some music. Uh, now, this is music my son and I used to play. I think he was around six years, six or seven years old. And he got like this little magic kit one year for Christmas. And so we would put on magic shows for the family. And so we would dim the lights. We turned on the smoke machine. And for the performance, we played... Midnight Syndicate's album 13th Hour and that's from 2005 so this track here is called Mansion in the Mist thanks for joining us and have a good evening <laughs>